If you like the video make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. For more videos like this, what's an experience you've deemed supernatural and cannot find a rational explanation for? During the Bush War in Zimbabwe in the 70s, most civilian road travel was in convoys escorted by armed police or army. There was an armed vehicle in the front of the convoy, one at the back and one roving along the line of cars. My father was a cop driving the roving vehicle in a convoy going from Bulawayo to the South African border at Bight Bridge. At some point, they were doing a vehicle count and noticed there was one vehicle missing. They rechecked against the list of registrations and sure enough one car wasn't there. The radioed back to Gowanda and a vehicle was dispatched to see if somehow one had broken down and nobody had noticed. Nothing. Shortly afterwards, they received a message that the vehicle had been found. It had pulled up to the police station in Messina which was about half an hour beyond the border in South Africa. The bewildered driver could not explain how he went from being in the middle of a line of cars to being several hundred miles away, on the other side of a border. The family's passports were checked and there were no immigration stamps or indication they had been through the border post. He swore this was true. I choose to believe him because, man, what a weird story. So many, many years ago I was dating a girl, now that's supernatural in and of itself but there's more. I cared for her deeply, first relationships will do that to you, but she was in a bad way. Too much partying, too many drugs, hanging with what is absolutely the wrong crowd, and some very illegal shit after she broke up with me that I'm really not comfortable discussing. A couple of years go by, I think of her on occasion and hope she's doing better but not terribly often. Then one night I have the dream. In it she's standing by my bed and reassuring me that everything is okay, she's better now, and there's no need to worry about her anymore. Odd dream, but I don't think much of it until two days later when I catch sight of a newspaper with a story about having found A who had gone missing. She owed on heroin the night I had the dream. She wasn't a saint, but she'd also come up a bad way and, according to what mutual friends had relayed to me, I'd been one of the few people who really cared about her. I don't really have an explanation for what happened, but I like to think that she wanted to make sure I knew she was going to be alright. It's part of what leaves me firmly believing in some sort of afterlife. I had just moved into my first apartment. It was a very small studio in a not-so-great neighborhood. I was 21. I started noticing things going missing after a couple of weeks. A nice pair of underwear. A charm bracelet. Things I thought maybe I left somewhere, lost or misplaced. Until I noticed a picture of me and my friend I had on my fridge was gone. I was perplexed. I turned my apartment upside down. No picture. Over the course of the year, little things would just disappear. I even went to the office and asked how many employees had access to my apartment. The office manager showed me the safe with the keys and showed me the log of who takes what key when. None of the dates added up to missing items. I was perplexed. I was about two weeks from moving out because my lease was up and I was moving in with my boyfriend. A storm came in and damaged the apartment building, roof and HVAC. Maintenance let me know they'd be coming in to replace ductwork and replenish insulation. The guys come in go in my bedroom closet, and lo and behold, there's a panel leading to this weird attic space that spans the entire half of the apartment, four homes. I had no idea it was there and the maintenance guys assure me that it's only accessible from my apartment. I decided to poke my head up and look about while they were up there. In the back corner above my bedroom, was what I can only describe as a shrine of my stuff. My underwear, picture, jewelry, all of my missing items. All together. Placed in a triangle. I got so freaked out I just left it all there. I moved into my boyfriend's house that night. I had him and his friends move my things for me so I didn't have to go back. I told the apartment manager but she didn't seem to care at all. 
I get physically ill when I talk about it still because I know someone was watching me that whole time and I had no clue. Okay, this is a story I've never been able to explain but this is the perfect thread to share it. There was a big creek behind my neighbor slash friend's house, it was basically a natural stream that had been turned into a glorified sewer drain. It was all surrounded by houses. The creek ran down through this hilly, partially wooded field up to this very small underpass, on one side was a very large drain for rainwater from the adjacent street. When dry, the mouth of the drain was a wide flat concrete slab. My friends and I used to play here all the time, it was pretty picturesque all things considered with a small natural waterfall that spilled into a deep pool that continued through the underpass. One time I went down there with my friend, and we saw something at the drain's mouth, on the concrete. It was like this, weird, thing. It was dead, roughly the shape of maybe a baby raccoon, but completely hairless, a little bloated, probably from being dead, and this weird fleshy blue color. It was covered in a clear watery slime and there was this puddle pulling around it, but the drain and area around it was bone dry. It had six limbs that ended in small little hoof-like appendages, a scrawny, thin tail, a mouth that was like this very rounded muzzle with small slits for nostrils and what appeared to be four closed eyes, and small rounded ears, think like a hamster's. There wasn't a mark on it, no scratches or anything, but it was dead. My friend and I freaked out like WTF is this? Well my dad had a really nice camera and I said we should go get it and take a picture. In retrospect, one of us should have stayed there but. We were like 9 and 10. So we go back to my house and start telling my parents about this weird thing by the creek and we gotta take a picture of it and my dad was instantly interested because I wasn't the kind to exaggerate this much. So he takes the camera and follows us to the creek, and the thing is gone. The stain of the puddle is still there, there's no signs the puddle was disturbed like maybe it rolled into the creek or an animal came by to snack on it, but this thing is just gone. My friend and I are in shock and swear it was just right here. As we're talking, this old guy who lived in one of the houses nearest this part of the creek, and had a view of it, came up to us and said he saw us looking at something, then go away, and while we were gone this guy in a nice black suit came out to the spot we were looking at, picked something up, and walked away. Well the suit guy made him suspicious enough to come down and see what was going on. I don't remember what really happened after that, just that my friend and I were insistent on what we'd seen but got dismissed by the adults. I've always tried to dismiss this as I saw some weird roadkill of a baby raccoon or something that got washed through the drain. But then why was it completely hairless? And so blue? It wasn't cold outside, this was the dead of midwestern summer, and why did a guy in a black suit supposedly take it away? When I was in middle school I lived on a hill that had a graveyard on it. I had a friend who pulled all-nighters with me, in summer it's light here pretty much all night so it was never creepy. As we were heading down the hill I don't know why but I glanced back and saw a little girl in a white dress. This was around 2 or 3 am I stopped and she walked into the woods, which the graveyard was like 100 yard away from. I asked my friend if he saw her and he did, we both thought it was weird so we went up to see where she went but saw no sign of her. Three years later I have a class in high school with a teacher who loved local ghost stories, so every Friday he tells us one or two new ones. Then he talks about the girl at the hill cemetery and it snaps back to me, I got chills from the thought. My friends and I decide to visit the graveyard at night because we were dumb and young, generally creepy so one tried to spook us by hiding, five minutes later he walks up looking pale asking to leave, points to the wood saying a little girl just tried talking to him and I felt like we were being watched from the trees. When I was little I used to sit and draw at this small table we had in front of a window. From this window we could see into our front yard and the street at the edge of it. One day I'm doing my usual coloring while my dad is in the front yard talking to my uncles. 
When I peeked out I saw a very young looking white man wearing a mechanics jumpsuit walk from behind my neighbor's house and into our yard. I remember I stopped coloring to watch him. He walked behind my uncle and disappeared behind our home. I was scared at that point, thinking he was a robber or something worse. Right when I was about to run for the front door, he reappeared. This time he walked from the other side of our home and up to the road. He looked both ways before continuing down the street. When my dad came back and I asked him why didn't he stop that man from walking in our yard. He told me he didn't see any man and he thought I imagined it. It made no sense. I remember seeing him vividly, I remember feeling genuine fear when he walked behind our home. But my dad and uncles didn't see him at all. I don't have any type of schizophrenia or other disorder. And I wasn't prone to hallucinate as a child. I always wonder if it was just my imagination after all. But it felt too real to be that. When all my relatives came to town when my grandmother passed. It was the first time we had all been together. We were gathered on the front porch, maybe about to take a picture, I don't really remember since I was eight at the time, but out of nowhere, a pure white dove landed in the middle of the lawn and just watched us. Without missing a beat, mom said, that's mama right there. She and my grandmother were extremely close, and she took her death pretty hard, so she said she could just feel it. It stayed perfectly still looking at each of us, while I slowly moved towards it. As an eight-year-old living in South Central Los Angeles, it was extremely odd to see a white dove at all, let alone by itself and, and doing nothing but looking at us, so we were all stunned into silence. Eventually, because I was a dumbass kid, I moved too close because I wanted to touch it, and it flew away. Never saw another one in the area ever again. When I was in middle school, I went to a week-long band camp held at TCU in Texas. It was more of a fun social event than a hardcore you're here to learn music and that's a kind of thing. Anyway, it's probably day 5 or 6. I've learned the layout of the university pretty well, and I'm walking down a long hallway too. Well. I forget where I was going, this was a over a decade ago. Anyway, long hallway, kinda narrow, and there's no one in it except for myself and an older gentleman I see ahead of me. This man is wearing a very clean, very bright white tuxedo and carries a black briefcase in his right hand. He's tall, I was a kid so he was probably 6 feet-ish, bald, and looks to be in his mid-70s. He's waiting on an elevator in the middle of the hallway. As I walk up to him to pass by, he looks to me with one of those lazy open mouth smiles old people give because they always have their mouths open, what's up with that anyway? I nod politely and say how's it going? As I pass. Oddly enough, I don't remember anything about his eyes. I remember looking into them as he smiled at me, but when I try to remember his face, I get an image of his face with just blank, white eyes. Like they were rolled back in his head or something. I can't remember how his eyes looked, but I do remember the way it felt to make eye contact. I felt slightly creeped out, but just in that he's a weird old man but it's better to be polite so just ignore it and smile back kind of way. Anyway I pass him. A few seconds later, the elevator dings, and like any easily distracted middle school kid, I look back behind me. The man in the white tux was gone. The elevator door hadn't opened yet, and there were no doors in this hallway. He was just. Gone. Vanished. There's nowhere he could have gone that I wouldn't be able to see him, it's so strange. I absolutely just said hi to that old man, I remember it so damn clearly, but he had just 100% vanished from the hallway. When the elevator did open, a handful of other middle schoolers stepped out, and that was it. It bothered me for a long time. On the sixth night of the band camp, the camp organizers held a ghost hunt. Apparently TCU has a pretty lengthy history of ghost sightings. Most of the hunt was staged of course just so the camp organizers could have a laugh at all the dumb screaming kids. 
A seminar was held in the campus theater before it began, and they gave us a rundown on all sorts of spooky stuff to get us in the mood. At one point, the lady giving the seminar began to describe some of the ghosts that were commonly seen on campus. I about passed the fuck out from the blood-draining chills I got when she mentioned a ghost known as the White Tuxedo Man. Okay so when I was about 6 to 7 I lived in a really old creepy house. My sister and I lived in the attic because that's just where the other bedrooms were. I woke up one night and sat up in bed to the sound of scratching. It almost sounded like a cat or dog scratching to come in. I was waking up still and trying to get adjusted to the darkness. When I could finally see a little, I saw something. It was crouched down outside my closet. It was skinny, gray, naked and humanoid. It seemed to be slowly dragging its fingernails or claws over something on the ground that I couldn't see. Being as young as I was, I reached over to grab my plastic blue lightsaber. At the time I was super into reading and had a huge pile of books on the coffee table beside my bed. As I reached for my makeshift weapon, I was too scared to take my eyes off the thing. In the split second that I knocked my books over, the thing snapped its head toward me. It hadn't seen me before and such emotion made it seem like it just snapped its back. Its eyes were yellow and glowing. Something about those yellow eyes froze me to the spot. They seemed so feral. There was no hard light that was in the room that could make eyes glow like that. After what felt like 5 minutes but probably wasn't more than a couple seconds, the thing ran into my closet. My closet didn't have a door on it, I can't remember why my father had taken it off. But after a bit of keeping my eyes trained on the closet, I finally got up holding my lightsaber. I crept over to the light switch and flipped it on. Nothing. It was just gone and there was nowhere else it could have gone. Rationally, I would have chalked it up to imagination. However, I looked at the floor where the thing had been scraping at. There I found a mouse, cut up to hell and back. I have no clue what it was but my mind can only guess it was supernatural. The house I grew up in was insanely haunted. Footsteps, sometimes they'd be walking, sometimes they'd be running. Voices and low grumblings. Cabinet doors would open or shut right in front of your eyes. Things would slide off the table, big things, right in front of your eyes. Doorknobs would rattle. You'd feel someone sit down on the bed next to you. Taps on your shoulder or on your feet when you'd be in bed. Figures would pass the doorways. The top steps on the stairs would creak same as if someone was walking on them. Tension in the air. Strange noises. Rustling under the bed. One other random thing was my alarm clock radio would always turn to the Christian station on its own when I always had it set to something else. Later on I heard Howard Stern complain the same thing was happening to him, always thought that was random as hell, when we finally moved, our neighbor ended up buying our house to renovate and sell. I was maybe 14 at that point and I warned him about the ghosts. He brushed it off and told me when in the attic and the bangs I was hearing were from one of the air ducts being unaligned. Something like that, strange, because we never heard any banging. Anyway my best friend still lived in that neighborhood and when I was visiting her we ran into my old neighbor. He couldn't wait to talk to me. He told me I was right and there were strange things happening all the time. And the icing on the cake was when he ripped up the carpets and tile he found a blood stain in the laundry room. He did some digging and discovered the owner prior to a shot and killed himself. Our realtor, who also happened to be my 5th grade teacher, never told us. I drive by the house now 15 plus years later and I still get the creeps. A group of soldiers disappeared from the war without a trace. My grandfather had been in World War II and told us about when himself and a few other soldiers had been separated from his unit and were trying to get to Normandy, they had gone through a clearing in a wooded area but had to drop when they heard something approaching. They were on their bellies in three feet grass when they saw 20 or 30 German soldiers running across the clearing clearly in a state of panic, then they just froze in mid-step. 
he said they resembled statues and that some weren't even touching the ground, and that there was no noise whatsoever, even the birds had gone silent. After a few seconds came a loud noise like metal scraping on concrete and the frozen soldiers started to become blurry to the point at which they vanished without a trace. This had been reported by all of the soldiers that were present, and all were called to the War Office London after their return to the UK where they were pressed on what they saw over the period of a few days, and were taken back to the same spot in France shortly after the war had ended. Surprisingly when they got there, there were other men sharing the same accommodation who reported similar occurrences in the exact same area. They were all taken to the woods and had to describe where and how the events took place. My granddad had said that the entire area was guarded heavily and that part of the ground was heavily excavated. The strangest thing of all the other he said, was that there were hundreds of dogs in the area, just milling around for no apparent reason. They returned to the UK with a gag order ordering them never to speak about any of this. He went back to the same spot in France before he died in 1985 and said that the area had been covered with unmarked warehouses and was guarded by an unusually professional security company. He reckoned they were military. I've tried to find out more about this but can't find any records of it, but I do remember one of the guys who he was with the day, he used to come and visit sometimes and referred to the place as the Splintered Woods. Was staying in this older run-down hotel in Osaka, Japan my laundry was taking forever because the dryer sucked and I was having to go from my room to the laundry area every half hour to check whether my stuff was dry and put in more coins well past my preferred bedtime. To get there I went down a dimly lit triangle shaped staircase that spiraled down several flights to the basement level where the machines were. The stairwell was probably designed to be earthquake and fireproof so there were heavy metal doors from the hallway into the stairwell and the steps as well were metal. Closing the door and taking each step made a fairly loud racket that echoed through the stairwell. Around midnight I went to check whether my stuff was dry and on my way back up saw a guy in the staircase just standing still facing one of the doorways into the guest rooms. I wasn't sure what he was doing so I continued up the stairs keeping my eye on him because something just felt off. He stood motionless as I passed a few feet of him going up the stairs. Went around a blind spot and when the place he was standing came back into view he was gone. Looked up and down and he was nowhere in the stairwell. He was out of my view for only a few seconds. I later checked the door he was standing at and there was no way I wouldn't have heard his footsteps or the door opening, should have heard shuffling, rattling of the door handle or a squeak of the door shutting at least. I have no idea who he was or what he was doing there. He seemed real because I saw him for more than several seconds from multiple angles. I wanted to ask the hotel receptionist about it but I didn't want to sound like a weirdo though. This unexplainable event has happened twice already in the past month, so either I'm losing my marbles or something weird as hell is going on in this house. Stick with me for a minute. A few weeks ago I was walking upstairs into my bedroom and I was already turning the corner when I heard my fiancé call out to me in his usual babe, so I responded yeah what's up? He didn't respond so I was like yes question mark did you need something? He still didn't respond so I walked back to the stairs where I had just heard him call me clear as day. Not only was he not there he wasn't even home. Later on when he was actually home I asked him if he stopped by the house earlier or something and he was like nope been gone all morning. Well I guess I must have heard a random sound and made it into him calling me. But just the other day I know I heard my son right behind me and calling mama. And I before I even turned around I stopped BC I knew he wasn't there. Nobody was there. I was at home completely by myself as usual during the day. I always hear walking around upstairs when I'm by myself. Even friends have heard the footsteps walking around when it's just us there. I have cameras all throughout my house and I'll stare at them hoping to catch something on video and I never see anything. About three years ago, me, my sister, and a cousin were driving back home from the movie theater when we encountered a really strange occurrence. 
I can't explain the feeling I get but when I think about it, I get tears in my eyes and feel that fear that spread all through my body when it happened all over again. Basically, I was in the backseat and my sister was driving. We were on a back road in a very rural county, in the middle of nowhere Tennessee, and we were about 5 minutes from my house. The stretch of road we were on was completely straight and was surrounded by thick woods. It was pitch black so you could only see about 100 feet in front of the car. So we were driving, and all of a sudden, about 100 or so feet ahead of us and over a little hill in the road, we saw a large white thing walking across the road in an upright position. In a really weird fashion, it hit us all as absolutely terrifying. With no thought at all, we all started screaming. We drove up on it, and it was no longer standing up. In fact, it was a large white dog. And it just sat down. Right in the middle of the road. I don't know what kind of dog does that, we were all terrified so my sister drove off the road around it. We kept driving, talking about how scary and off that was, when the craziest thing happened. This is what really scares me to this day, about half a mile up the road, the exact same dog comes walking back into the road. And no kidding, he sat down in front of our car. You can only imagine how terrifying that was, to this day it scares me to death just to think about. I have another story of an odd creature I saw back in that county, but I'll save it for another day. Needless to say I don't live there anymore. This happened in the early hours of Halloween 2018. It being Halloween is in no way relevant, it has just always made it easier to remember exactly when this incident happened. For work my colleague Tom and I would travel to rural towns, working on farms Monday to Friday. Our accommodation would be provided by the company, usually a motel or caravan park, whichever was cheapest. We were in a small cabin in a caravan park in a town called Bort, in Victoria. Our little cabin was small, with a little living room slash kitchen area, a small bathroom to the left and two small bedrooms side by side at the back. We went to bed early because there wasn't much else to do in the town and decided we would wake up early, get our work done and head home ASAP. That's when I had sleep paralysis. I've had it a couple of times before and could recognize that it was happening again. I was laying on my side and I could see someone open the door to my room at the foot of my bed. I watched slash heard them walk around the bed so that they were behind me, next to the window. I heard them open the curtains and a woman's voice sternly said you need to get up, now. Then I could finally move, I was a little freaked out and I checked the time, it was 5.15am. My alarm would go off at 5.45 so I just sort of waited until I heard Tom get up and joined him in making breakfast. This is when it got weird. He was acting a little strange, and asked me how I slept. I shrugged it off, not wanting to get into the whole sleep paralysis talk first thing in the morning, so I just said fine, you? He then tells me that he woke up at 5.10 because he heard someone shouting his name. He said he woke up and could see someone standing in the doorway to his room, unlike me he slept with the door open all night. He said he just stared at the silhouette and after what felt like minutes it slowly turned and went in the direction of my room. I was stunned for a moment and then decided to tell him what had happened to me, he asked if I was kidding and just trying to spook him and I swore that I wasn't. We packed up all of our stuff in record time and got the hell out of that cabin. I was at girls camp with my church high up in the mountains, about 5 years ago. It was late at night but me and another girl were still awake in our tent, chattering quietly with each other and trying to tire ourselves out so we could drift to sleep for the night. When we finally got tired and said goodnight to each other, I heard the quietest little voice say from outside the tent goodnight. I was laying right next to the tent flap and heard it clearly. It sounded like it came from only a few inches away from my head. For a second I laid there with wide eyes absolutely terrified, thinking there was no way it could be a girl from another tent trying to prank us. 
our tent was the farthest away from the others, everybody besides the two of us were already asleep, and I hadn't heard any rustling around outside the tent for hours, in the event if it was someone trying to prank us. I asked the other girl in my tent did you hear that? And I told her what I'd heard and how close it was. She started freaking out a bit too, but then we came up with a bright idea to talk back to the voice. We both turned to the flap and I quietly called out who are you? Then again in the smallest voice, so quiet it could have been a thought in my head, it responded. Whoever you want it to be. Then we started really freaking out because it wasn't just me this time, the other girl fucking heard it too. I don't think we tried to talk to it anymore because by then we were scared shitless, but there wasn't anything else we could do about it. We just laid there frozen in our sleeping bags trying to calm down and will ourselves to sleep. In the morning we tried telling the other girls and camp leaders what we heard, but I think their responses were just more or less wow that's crazy. And it was quickly brushed off so we could focus on the day's camp activities. Just typing the story brought the chills back. I still like the woods, hiking and all kinds of camping activities, but I don't think I ever want to camp overnight in the woods again. The line between our world and something else gets blurred out there at night. Several years ago, and I don't really deem it supernatural, I just don't know the rational explanation. I was really into running and all things healthy living. A friend and I would be up around 6 to 6.30 am to go running. Since this was early summer in the middle of the Central Valley in California, it was pretty nice and bright while we stood in the parking lot of his apartment complex doing our pre-run stretches. I like to find things to focus on while doing physical activity, so I looked up into the sky and found what looked to be a star that hadn't quite faded yet. For several moments I stared at the star. Then the thing moved slightly to the left. Okay, I've been stretching and human perception can be wonky sometimes, probably just a trick of the eye. Then the thing very swiftly moved a significant distance the opposite direction, then diagonally up a significant distance, then it shot down and disappeared after it went below where a house across the road blocked my line of sight. I'd normally just write it off as a weird early morning trick of the brain slash light, but I looked at my friend in confusion and he was making the exact same face. He confirmed he'd seen the exact same thing. We spent quite a while brainstorming, and have a couple times since then as well, and neither of us have come up with a reasonable explanation. If anyone has any ideas, I'd welcome them. Note, this was before drones became a popular thing for the average Joe to possess and I don't know if a drone as big as this one would have to be was even available for civilian purchase back then. That's still the best explanation I have, but I don't think it's right. This is a true story and affected me deeply. A few years back, I worked at a grocery store that my grandparents owned. There was this guy who worked in the deli, let's call him Jay, and we became pretty good friends. Jay was a 6 feet 3 inches burly guy with plenty of tattoos, and if you didn't know him you'd probably be nervous to pass him on the street. But I knew Jay, and he wouldn't hurt a fly. He had a very difficult upbringing, but he was so kind and cared about me as if I were his little sister. He always made me feel safe, like I could depend on him if I ever ran into trouble. Jay found the paranormal and occult very interesting, and he watched a lot of movies and read a lot of books on the subject. He wasn't afraid of anything. When he called me one weeknight in a full-on panic, I knew something was seriously wrong. He was sobbing and telling me that he was attacked in his sleep. I tried to tell him to call 911 but he said no, it wasn't a person, and he begged me to just come get him out of his apartment, he didn't have a car. So, I did. When I pulled into the parking lot he was waiting for me outside and told me to drive, he just wanted to be far away from his apartment. He didn't look hurt, but when I brought him back to my house he showed me his back. There were four long marks down his back, that somehow looked like both scratches and burns. There was no way he could have done that to himself. I asked him what happened, and he said he was having a nightmare when he was awoken by the pain on his back. 
I was freaked out, let him stay on my couch for a few days, and eventually he went back to his apartment. That instance, I believe, is what set Jay over the edge. He started doing drugs and drinking heavily, a rapidly accelerating downward spiral. Several months after this all started, I found him laying in the fetal position and quietly crying in the back room of the store while I was closing for the night. I had a very long heart-to-heart -heart with him, and eventually he agreed to let me take him to get help for his problems. We made the necessary arrangements and I drove him to a rehab facility. I was proud of him for owning up to the fact that he needed help. I don't remember exactly why, but I had to go back by Jay's apartment to drop something off or maybe pick something up. What I do remember, on that day that he started rehab, was what I saw as I was leaving his apartment. By that time, it was getting dark outside. As I drove off, there was a telephone pole about three or four blocks away straight ahead with a lamp illuminating the sidewalk. Under the light stood a person in this strange, tattered black clothing. It looked like some kind of robe covered in long black shreds of cloth, and they wore a similar hat that was pointed at the top and covered most of the figure's face. But his eyes. They were glowing yellow eyes that pierced my very being. This person slash thing slash whatever was standing pretty far away but I saw its eyes as if he was in my car, as if he was in my face. It filled me with the most unimaginable fear, what I would say was absolute dread. And I just knew this thing was mad at me for helping Jay. I remember feeling like my heart was about to burst right out of my chest, and I immediately turned and started driving the opposite direction. But when I looked in the rearview mirror, it was gone. I haven't seen Jay in a long time, but he completed rehab and has stayed sober since. We both live in different cities now, and I keep in touch on social media. But I've never told him about what I saw the night I dropped him off at rehab. As a kid, our part wolf slept inside at night with us. One morning, we could not find her anywhere in the house or backyard. Me and my dad are light sleepers and didn't hear anything at night. The one person in our house that used to sleep run, not walk, slept in the basement and would have had to run up the stairs and manage to get over a baby gate, one of those cheap but also confusing to put up and take down ones, at the top of those stairs in order to get to the main level. My dad decided to go into the front yard, maybe someone let her out quietly and she dug a hole to the front. He called for her a couple of times before she finally made noise, a very upset puppy noise. We let her back in and my dad starts freaking out, saying someone else has to be in the house. His reasoning, the screen door was latched shut, can only be done from the inside, and the door was locked. He and my mom proceed to search the house, mom was a university cop and dad worked for DA's office and had to do this type of training, while my sister and I sat outside waiting. They finished several minutes later and no one else was in the house. We have no idea how she got into the front yard nor why she didn't make any noise while we called out for her in the backyard. When I was around 7, I hated my apartment. The main reason why was because I was once playing in my room, on the floor, facing the door. Something moved, and made me look up, and I saw my mom peeking into the room. It was her head, kinda covered in shadows caused the curtains in my room were half closed and there wasn't a lot of light, it was enough for me to see her though, since it was in the afternoon. What struck me as odd at the moment was the fact she was really far down the door, like, her head was peeking pretty close to the group for her height. I think I asked her what she wanted, and after 5 seconds of staring she pulled back in the hallway, I saw her head going behind the door, it didn't just disappear. I thought she wanted me to follow her so I got up and went into the hallway. It took me 3 seconds, but she no longer was in the hallway when I walked through the door. I walked down the hall and into the living room, and she was laying on the couch, asleep. I woke her up to ask what she wanted, and she asked me what the fuck I meant and that she had been asleep. There is no logical explanation. She couldn't have ran down the hallway and lay down to mess with me cause 1, I heard no footsteps and 2, she had cancer and moved really slow, 
any quick movements were tiring and kinda painful for her. She wouldn't do it just to mess with me. That combined with the fact that the head didn't speak and was too close to the ground makes me think I was either hallucinating or that the supernatural is real. That house was bad vibes in general to be honest.